Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whatever it is, wherever you are, and welcome to the Help Sheffield Help podcast, episode 34. And this week, as is the way, we have some guests joining us. This week, I've got three on one. I'm uh, massively outnumbered and, frankly, terrified. So this week, we've got Elf One, as per usual, and we also have Stuart Young, Sophie, who doesn't have a surname, she may be a Brazilian footballer, and Joe Newbold, who are all here to represent. I'm going to let you say what it is, because I'll always get it wrong when I try and quote anything. Stuart. Great, thanks. We are the Sheffield Region Brass Network. And I take it from that title you are related to brass musical instruments rather than the metal. Correct, yes, as in brass bands, yes. Okay, so how did the Sheffield Brass Network, Sheffield Region Brass Network, begin and when and where and what do you do and who comes along and what do you want? Great, well, basically the the network was set up as a not-for-profit organisation in 2013 by Rachel Vich Straw, Dave Morris and myself, Stuart Young, with the aim of increasing the profile and visibility of brass bands in the Sheffield City region through information, education and advocacy. And Joy and Sophie and I now administer the Sheffield Region Brass Network. And essentially, we're here to do anything that we can do to further the longevity of brass bands in the area. And to give you some idea of where that started originally because i'm sure that you'll have listeners who have seen brass bands in parks and at galas and things but perhaps doesn't don't know as much as we would like them to know so i'm going to hand over to to joy who's our uh, relevant uh, brass band geek and guru and knows knows all about these sort of things so she's going to tell us a little bit about the history of brass bands so we can get an idea of where we've come from over to you joy Okay, thanks, Stuart. Well, the Brass Band, as you probably know, is a a thoroughly British institution and it originated as far back as the 1840s and 50s. And at this time, the bands consisted of both brass and woodwind instruments and the players would play in their villages, which would have the effect of bringing the locals out and bringing the locals together or the churchgoers of the village and they provided accompaniment for community singing mainly and then a little bit later the explosion of British industry and coal mining following the industrial revolution gave rise to bands becoming a lot more popular. This was because the employers of the industry and of the the mines were looking for ways to keep their workers out of trouble. In other words, politically during the evenings. So so they they formed a works colliery band and their employees attended band practice two times a week and they were united by a common interest and any potential rivalry or political differences between the workers was channeled into a friendly and more healthy rivalry between the bands and that led to competitions between the bands which still exist today and today there are five sections in brass banding they don't just play in bandstands in the park they they do compete And the five sections are similar to the divisions in football. There are numerous local contests throughout the year which bands can enter. And there are two major national competitions which are held in the autumn in Birmingham and London and uh, Cheltenham. 
and the bands strive to win a place at the national finals, as they call it. And they do that via regional contests, which are held at various halls around the, the country. So due to its roots in industry and mining, brass band became synonymous with northern British music. And indeed, Yorkshire and Lancashire are still to this day the most popular brass band areas of the country. A modern day brass band consists of 28 players plus percussion and the instruments all except the trombone are all unique to to a brass band and they differ from the brass instruments in orchestras if you want the sort of physics of it the bore the the bore of the brass band instrument is a conical shape and that gives it a mellow warm sound rather than a, a more thin straight sound that that you get you find in the orchestral brass which are trumpets and french horns and trombones, of course. The music for brass bands is is also a big part which makes brass bands accessible because it's all written in treble clef, which is a sort of most common clef for reading music. If you, if you read music, you all sort of start in treble clef, apart from the exception of, of the bass trombone, which I have to add. So that makes swapping of players into different instruments relatively easy in order to fill your vacant seats so again this appealed to the amateur amateur musicians when they needed to to fill the seats so from the point of view of children or or even adults starting to want to learn a brass instrument the fact that there are so many bands dotted around our area and wider Yorkshire means that playing in a brass band can go on beyond school and it might even become a lifetime hobby and you might even turn into a geek like me and it also has a great social side to it so there's there's lots of pluses and it's probably still one of the most accessible musical ensembles to get into at which obviously go on beyond school and into the wider community and we're very lucky in Yorkshire to be at the hub or in the hub of the brass band scene. So it's prompted it's some questions from me, Joy. Firstly, was there a big fight between the woodwind and brass people when they split up? Did it get uh, physical? Uh, well, well, possibly. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean, my actually, my granddad played in in a brass and reed band in the early part of the 20th century, and he played flute. And that's a big no-no now in brass bands. But no, it, it was just a natural progression. They, they got rid of the woodwind players. And I think probably when it, it got into, you know, it, it became a more industrial works bands and things like that. They, you know, it wasn't very uh, manly to play a flute, probably. So uh, the brass won and the, and the woodwind just sort of... Withered, I, I don't know. Died. I'm talking out the top of my head at the moment, but I, I would imagine that that would be uh, the, the reason why. I think it was very telling, Joy, that you said they got rid of the woodwind. I think something happened. There was a big, big mess. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Do you each play a different instrument? Are you all musicians yes. as well as... Go on, quickly tell me what you play. Yeah, I'll we... pretend to know what they are, because I'm not very... I'm, I'm guitars and drums myself, but I'm interested to know new things. Well, uh, right, you... Sorry. I play a tenor horn, which, again, like I say, that all the instruments, with the exception of trombones, are unique to band, brass bands. So I play a tenor horn, which is a bit like a very small tuba, if you know what a tuba looks like. Uh, in other words, the, the bell of it points upwards. 
and that plays in the middle of the band and is the engine of the band really it rides the accompaniment and the harmonies never hardly ever gets the tune that's where I like to be I don't like to be the soloist yeah so and Stuart you play flugel I play flugelhorn, which is like a big trumpet, and it's the best instrument in a brass band because there's only one. It's, there's only one of them. All the rest of the instruments, there's, there's more than one of them. So uh, the flugel is the best instrument to play by by a long shot. Sophie, and Sophie, what about you? I play the trombone and bass trombone actually. So they're the the slidey ones, like off the left. Behind you, there I can see. <laughs> I like a slidey one. That's my favourite, just for the slidiness, just because you can be a bit dramatic, aren't you? I noticed there that you were actually blowing your own trumpet there, Joy, by saying it was the engine of the music. Absolutely. So, Absolutely, so there's a yeah. metaphor in there somewhere. So how many bass bands have we got in Sheffield? Give me a clue. Well, it's, that's, that's a really good question, that, because just to carry on from where Joy left off and briefly describe the brass bands relevant to, to Sheffield, one of the longest established brass bands in the country is Woodhouse Prize Band, and they were established in 1853. And so at one time or another, not all at the same time, but one time or another, there's been 80 brass bands in Sheffield within the city boundary. Now, that is an enormous amount. Some of them only lasted a few years, but some of them originally established in the 1800s are still around today like Loxley Silver Bands they were established in 1889 Utterbridge Brass Band they were established in in 1880 but many other brass bands have had name changes over the years and so they might have been called something years ago and we've got a different name now for instance Unite the Union Brass Band uh, around now they were originally called the Sheffield Recreation Band in 1900 changed their name to the City of Sheffield Band in the 1970s then they were called the Quaker Sutherland Band in the 1970s. Then the Andrews Heat for Hire in 1980. Then Stocksbridge Engineering Steels Band in 1988. They were called the UES Stocksbridge Band in 1992. As the Stocksbridge Band in 2000, the Stocksbridge Brass Band in 2002, and now they call the Unite, the Union Brass Band. I hope you're keeping notes here, uh, Alf, because we'll be testing you later. Some bands, as I say, have stopped and started again, and so it's a bit difficult to sort of cl uh, plot the chronology of the brass band scene. But as I say, needless to say, there's been a hell of a lot in, in the region, probably more than any other, uh, elsewhere, anywhere in, in the country. And there are now 10 brass bands within the Sheffield city boundary, but possibly more. If you count, they've, they've all, majority of them got associated training bands or community bands. So there's a main band and then there's you know, sub bands uh, as well that you, you can also join or train with. And in the wider Sheffield city region, there are about 53, certainly over 50. So probably a lot more than the man in the street would, would realise around. I think that on my last count, there are 19 or 20 bands within the Sheffield city region. That's including yeah. um, bands like the Sheffield Signals, Salvation yeah. Army Band and, and the it. University and the Brass Band as well. Yeah, if you count all, all, all the sub-bands and what have you. And the, the majority of the, those bands, they're, they're independent, uh, not-for-profit organisations. Some are registered charities as well, and, but very few receive commercial sponsorship. 
So the vast majority of brass bands nationally, actually, as well, are self-funding. So you can imagine what a devastating effect this the ongoing pandemic's had on, on these brass bands because they've not been able to play at events to earn any fees. The pandemic's also meant that the bands haven't been able to practice I and mean, get together to rehearse. Quite a few bands have made really good attempts at playing online, but it's really a poor substitute for you know having 20-odd people in the same room so you can hear everything that's going on and, and, and get the full effect of the sound. And that's obviously affected morale, well-being of men in the brass bands and, and members as well. So it'll be interesting to, to to gauge the strength and physical integrity of the bands when you know we come out the other side of this and they're all able to play properly again together. So So there's a lot of challenges for the brass bands in Sheffield in addition to the ones that they already had, which is, you know, lack of funds and finding players and stuff like that. So perhaps Sophie can take this on now and give us a bit more of an update on the current landscape of uh, brass bands in the area. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Stuart. It's, it's really interesting that Stuart mentions the physical and financial health of bands because they're two really key talking points coming out of the pandemic. Bands not being made, able to make music over the past year and a bit will have had a huge impact on the bands themselves and the people who play in them. So, I mean, taking part in musical activities is is really good for you. Um, it's not just the soft skills that you gain, like listening skills and teamwork and good discipline. There are really sort of well-documented health and wellbeing benefits to singing in choirs and playing in bands and orchestras. Brass bands in particular are really great for helping people with respiratory issues like asthma, help people with their breath control so if you know any kids who suffer with asthma there are plenty of worse things you can do than getting signed up playing a brass instrument or a wind instrument they're really also really great at increasing social interaction or reducing loneliness which i know has been a huge issue for people over the past year and a bit encouraging people to just get out of the house really bands are really sociable community-based organisations and they're a great place to meet new people, build a, a network of friends. Like Joy says, they, they do a lot of performances within the community at park bandstands and village fates, community halls. So they're a really great, great way to get involved in your local community. They're also um, like really challenging ensembles to play in for brass players because you do a lot of technical playing, which helps to build people's confidence and self-esteem and sort of lower levels of stress. So it gives the players a sense of sort of focus and purpose and achievement did you have a question i was just going to say that i'm asthmatic and i've got zero sense of rhythm so i'd be an absolute waste to any brass band that wanted to hire me <laughs> maybe <laughs> what's the sort of situation now you said there briefly Stuart, that you do have trouble finding people so where would somebody start would they come straight to you as a brass band performer or would you do you have sort of intro lessons um, or do people tend to start school how do they get involved that's a really good question. There's all sorts of ways. I mean, I think, I think all three of us started playing at, at school originally, uh, which is is often the way. But without getting too political, the um, the opportunities to play in school over recent years is diminished significantly. And there's you know quite a lot of discussion at the moment about what music should happen in schools and stuff like that, uh, which we're trying to address as well. But the good things about brass bands are a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them will have a training band. And if you want to start, the best thing to do is to find your local brass band or email, speak to us, whatever. We'll we'll put you in touch with your, your nearest one. And undoubtedly, you'll be able to go along and get some idea. You might 
probably if you're starting from scratch have to do a little bit of work beforehand but most of the the training bands will take you know people with very very little knowledge brass brass playing and it's relatively easy to to get started so so there's some good routes in for for uh, novice players as an absolute novice non-player what's the easiest instruments to start with tenor horn joy (laughs) (laughs) ouch I don't think so. <laughs> um, no, it's it's, it's it is, it is the, the the best thing about brass playing in a, in a lot of ways that it's easy, so easy to get young people or even adult learners started because ninety nine people out of hundred will be able to make a sound out of a brass instrument on the first go. And um, I mean, I did grade one violin as a charity thing a couple of years ago, and it was just so so difficult, and it sounded really bad so So i said at the start that i always ask two questions so i think you've probably covered it but what does the sheffield brass network do to help sheffield as i was saying we 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 try to help the bands and and the bands help sheffield uh, sophie just 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 described there's an awful lot of interaction with the local community and supporting the local community for you know things like fundraising galas fates and stuff like that Uh, so so there's that aspect of it that that happens and i say we try to help help the bands in in those situations and we try to point people in the right direction we are also because of the sort of independent stance that we can take we're able to liaise with all sorts of other people like we liaise with the sheffield music hub and we're one of their associate partners so we've um, had some success actually helping put together youth bands some time ago and to be honest the pandemic again has hit that hard and we've had to shelve a lot of things that we wanted to do over the last couple of years but we were in discussion with them about uh, starting up new stuff so there's going to be opportunities for young kids to come forward with uh, you know brass band work i think as far as sheffield helping us I think it's it's more about creating an awareness, which is what really we're here today to do, is to try, try and create more awareness. And I'm sure that, you know, the ordinary man in the street, yeah, I know about brass bands and, you know, I've heard one playing at the, the local bandstand or they've seen them at a fete or a, gar- a gala or something, but they don't know about everything else. Obviously, bands just don't turn up for two events in a year, one at a bandstand and one at a gala. They're rehearsing usually twice a week, every week, virtually, throughout the year so they're doing an awful lot for their own well-being but for the community well-being raising funds and st- stuff like that and then all this other stuff that, that joy described as well the the contesting which is once you get into it is pretty hard work again as joy was saying it's set out in a sort of a division system so you start off in actual fact you can start off in the sort of sunday league playing unregistered and then you get into the first section like the first division and gradually you could build up if you worked really hard right up into the championship section where the players in the championship section to be quite honest albeit it's really a leisure time music opportunity the players in the championship section you could drop them into any world international orchestra they're at that standard that the players are up there they're absolutely top-notch players and but as, as we were saying you know young kids you know people who just want to give it a go can also do it you know down in the lower sections as well so it's such a broad breadth breadth of, of opportunity it's um, you know it's something that we obviously really want to uh, let everybody know about so where can people find you on that note they can um, just search Sheffield Brass and they'll find our website we're also on Twitter obviously that's where I found uh, them 
So, you know, by all means, just drop us a note and we'll, you know, advise you if we can, um, you know, help you along, point you in the right direction. Between the three of us, we've got contacts in all sorts of musical areas, not just brass band areas. So I'm sure we can help anybody who comes to us uh, with, a, with a query about uh, brass or wanting a brass band for an event or wanting to join one to play. Or even if there's some very nice philanthropic people out there would like to give some money to some brass bands, I'm sure we could uh, direct them in that manner as well. So what's your Twitter handle? I've not got my device to hand. It's just Sheffield Brass. Okay. Is that the same? Do you have a Facebook page? Yes. Yeah, same on Facebook as well. And Instagram? We don't do Instagram at the moment. What we often do is bounce other bands' Instagram posts about on our either Facebook or um, or Twitter. Okay, doke. Is there anything else anybody would like to add? You're all very organised, weren't you? Your little set piece, do your bit and do your bit and pass it on. I've never known anything quite like it. It's just usually me waffling and filling gaps in. None of that needed. Anybody get anything I've got to add? If you want me to just spiel it off Go for, for it. your editing purposes. Nice one. All right, then. I'll carry on. So, but like Stuart said, because so many bands haven't been able to play together for such a long time, it's had a real impact on the players and the bands themselves as non-profit organisations and charities. There used to be a much bigger culture of sponsorship in brass banding. So if you think back to the, the time of the links between brass bands and heavy industry, for example, as, as, Joy, as Joy and Stuart have mentioned, and this still occurs with some of the bigger names in brass bands. So they might be sponsored by a uniform supplier or an instrument manufacturer. But most bands now, even if they're lucky enough to have a partial sponsor, will earn most of their in- income through membership subscriptions, bookings and events and, and general fundraising. And most bands will earn their biggest income in December just before Christmas, playing Christmas carols, which won't be a surprise to anyone. <laughs> bands are starting to ha- bo- have to box clever to attract new funding streams, uh, whether that's applying for grants locally via supermarket charity token schemes or from bodies like Arts Council England or the National Lottery or partnering up with like local lo- Rotary or Lions Clubs. Sometimes fundraising and competing, like completing complex application forms can be like really arduous though, and it adds another layer of administration onto effectively what's just a small community organisation. I know groups often don't know where to start with when applying for grants, but that's another thing that we're trying to help with at um, the Brass Network. I think that's the thing across the entire country, across every single group that needs money, is the long-winded pain in the proverbial having to fill in all the same forms with the same information 57 times and tweaking about 12 words and you're just like do I have to do it again yes you do because that's how the system's set up rather than everyone's having a big pot and going there you go you can have some we've got to cut out that administration of the middle person or the middle 47,000 people I do think it'd be a much more efficient system but there you go that's just my elf thoughts the the success rate for the things are like 40% success rate. So, it, you know, when you're going through it and it's it's just killing you, <laughs> you sort of know yeah. that you're fighting up against it. Yes, I can well imagine. I've had to do a couple myself. I'm just like, I've got no interest in continuing this. I know some people do it as a living, don't they? They just do funding bids for other companies. I'm just like that. I can't imagine anything quite so um, uninspiring in life. I suppose when you get the money, it's nice. Okay, yeah. right then. I think Zoom's just popped up, said that we've only got 10 minutes left and it kicks it off because Help Sheffield's a non-profit. I've had four meals out of it in eight years, so I feel like I'm doing all right. It's going to kick us off because I'm too tight to pay for the full allocation. 
if there's no final words, I will bid you all farewell. I'll stay on for a second after and we can have a chat about anything else. But thank you, Stuart Young, Sophie, who still doesn't have a surname, Joy Newbold, who does. They are from the Sheffield Region Brass Network, which can be found on Facebook, Twitter and their website. And are looking for people to join brass bands and money. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.